there are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are golden retrievers. Which means Tubi is more popular than using meat-flavored toothpaste. More popular than never figuring out what W-A-L-K spells. More popular than kicking your leg when a human rubs your belly just right. Tubi. It's more popular than golden retrievers. See you in there. Start clean with Clorox. Because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Oh, the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. I lived in Scottsdale, Arizona for a couple of years. I'm kind of, I know it's like a lot more humid in Texas than it is in Arizona, but when you can like fry an egg on the pavement, it's like hot is hot. And it's like, <laughs> not like you're like spending that much time outside, you know, you just like stay inside. It's kind of like winter time in like really wintry places. Yeah, that's true. Well, let me just um, do a little brief um, formal intro to our dear listeners. Hello and welcome to yet another fabulous installment of your favorite podcast in bed with nick and megan starring the inimitable nick offerman and his poor downtrodden bride megan mullally and especially guest starring today jonathan everybody was calling you jvn is that an actual Thing or is that just people saying JVN for no? It's just my words? handle on Instagram and Twitter. So I think it's like it's JVN Jonathan. They're both three syllables. I don't know. I think maybe it's people like an acronym or something. Cute. People like an icon is what they people like. like a Jonathan. And you, my friend, are one. Yes, you get are out of here. Thank cutie. you so much. Um, well, we lived through the entire first incarnation of. Queer Eye, and now you guys are back with the the next installment. And I have to say that, you know, I mean, it's so good. It's like I almost, I think I burst into tears at the end of half of the episodes. It's so moving. Some of the people that you guys have had on are such unlikely candidates for a makeover. It's really amazing. Thank you so much. It means so much to um, hear you say that. And obviously... I've been, a, I'm a massive fan of yours. So to hear you say that, thank you so much. Yeah. And I know when I met you the first time at the Emmys, um, like uh, I think it was two years ago, I almost shat myself. So I love you so much. <laughs> and I'm so happy that you're a fan. And um, yeah. I so remember that. Actually, was that, I feel like it might have been, oh gosh, I think it was when, was it when I was hosting the SAG Awards? Could that have been? No, I don't think I've been to the Emmys. It was Emmys because I've never been to the SAG Awards. I'd remember. Yeah, I remember that you you guys were like the first people I saw um, on the red carpet. It was so nice. Everybody was so friendly and nice. It's such amazing energy. I hope um, we get to have more than like like twenty people together safely again sometimes like soon not only for the emmys but you know for like safety and communication and like you know all of us being together and stuff like not just the emmys obviously you know the emmys safety communication and barbecue in the olympics i just want to watch gymnastics please (laughs) well so the olympics so what do you think i mean the olympics aren't happening so what are you gonna do they are not not happening they're just not happening this year they're gonna happen next year yeah no they'll happen just a little Um, Well, really what I've been doing is um, NBC Sports has been replaying like every ladies team final from like every Olympics. Like recently, <laughs> like, I watched the 96 women's team final. I watched the 2008 women's team final. Um, also, they just did like a massive like 
uh, figure skating binge where you could just watch like all of this year's like best, like all of this year's kind of Grand Prix season, but like right in a row. So those were fun. Um, I also will just like accidentally like go into like very deep, like I'll get lost on Instagram explore page because my explore page is all figure skating, gymnastics, um, hair stuff, makeup stuff and like topless gay men. So that's basically what my whole explore page is. And sometimes when I see a figure skating thing or a gymnastics thing, I will just get into a hole. Cause like I'll be, it'll be like, you know, some fan page of like a figure skater or a gymnast. And then I go on Wikipedia and I see like what place they got in every competition. And then I go to that competition on YouTube and I like, I'll be like looking at like 1987 world gymnastics championships for like six hours. <laughs> so like, you're like, to it. so you're like full immersion gymnastics right now. Yeah. And figure skating. Yeah. Uh-huh. Major. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Wait, now tell me if this is true or not, because I've had a theory for many years that every time there's an Olympics, um, people, you know, like, like say it's gymnastics and somebody does like two and a quarter, you know, spins, you know, like aerial whatevers. And then... And then everybody's like, okay, that's it. That's the most anybody could ever do. And then four years later, when they do it again, uh, they do three or two and a half. So, and then they're like, okay, that's it. So I feel like every time people get more and more, you know, they just keep topping themselves and it just keeps getting more and more state of the art. But how could that be? Like, I don't, I don't understand how it happens so fast where people do the impossible pretty much. Well, on a regular basis. Well, right now we're really seeing um, in figure skating um, that phenomenon, I think more than ever uh, in terms of the quad in female skating, because really for the, I think Mickey Ondo was the first uh, female figure skater to attempt it in competition, which was in 2006, I think. And really since her, like no one has done it. And then now like all of a sudden there's like, six Russian skaters who can all do like several quads. And then there's an American uh, junior skater who is a two-time U.S. national champion. She has a quad Lutz. Um, there's also a Japanese, two Japanese skaters who are doing um, quad Sao and quad Cho. And so this is the first time where I, I think for a long time, people would have said that like female skaters will never be able to do quads. And now they're really doing them. And there is a really ferocious debate about like the safety of it. And if they push, you know, these young girls too far and, you know, et cetera, it's, it's interesting. And also in gymnastics, because Simone Biles is actually someone who's been doing like some really state of the art stuff that people said would never be able to be done. Just like a couple months ago, she posted a double layout dismount off of the beam, which is unheard of. It was on to, it was into the pit. So she hasn't like landed it yet, but just really incredible work. So I don't know, but I think that the reason why these athletes are able to do it is because it's like the training is like, it gets better and smarter. Like I was like, you can also interrupt me because I could literally talk about this for like 50 minutes without anyone getting awarded. <laughs> so please like tell me to like shut the fuck up. If I'm talking I love too much. it. You are like, a featured up, guest. You're doing great. <laughs> but like I grew up competitive swimming and um, I was like really into it. Like in like eight, like I started in seventh grade and that was kind of like how like I got a lot more active and like into sports generally speaking. And it was funny. I was talking to this com- like really competitive, like current swimmer, like, a couple months ago and I was saying like, Oh, is it still like, you know, for freestyle, like you're going to reach forward and like draw an S under the water. And he's like, Oh, that's funny. You must've like trained in like the nineties. Cause like, that's like really nineties swimming technique. Like now we're doing, it's much more like a straight line under the body. And it's just like, you know, for a while, like the working theory will be like, do this kind of twist or do it this way. And then people just develop better training techniques and it gets more like streamlined and state of the art over time. Um, so I feel like they can push themselves more. I, okay. I love that. And I'm going to wrap all this into a a question for you because the thing I love about your show is that I I have a life philosophy that one should always maintain the attitude of a student. My, my sensei who taught me Kabuki theater told me this, it's a Zen Cohen. And the idea is if you always have something to work on, because we're humans, we're, we're never done, you know, we're never perfect. We come out of the oven and we say, great. We, we always have something to improve on. And the thing I love about your show is it gives you a menu where it's like, well, okay, maybe my grooming is on point. 
not um, mine's not, but maybe this hypothetical person's is. But how's your living space? How's your you know how's your comportment? How's your hygiene, etc. There's always something to be improved on, and and Megan helps me with that, uh, which I am very grateful for. But to apply that mentality to this idea of training, um, I was going to ask you because there's an element of you guys are sort of the super friends. Uh, of life coaching in a way, if I, if I may. And, and so to people in this high octane subject matter of the Olympics or like top level athletics of any sort, people that are losing like a year of competition or a, a season or whatever their, their sport may be, what would your advice be as, as a gentle philosopher to people who, you know, maybe this is the year they were going to be able to dunk the best but they're not going to get to get on the court until 2021. What is what is your advice to those people? I don't know, Queen. I would be so <laughs> fucking pissed if I was an athlete right now. Like, just because you do. I mean, I mean, seriously. Like, I'm sure there are figure skaters and gymnasts that, like, when they get born, like when they start training, when they're like five, six, seven, eight years old, they're like, "All right, like I'm going to peak here. Like this is going to be our game." I mean, it's. People that train like that, it is like that. So to have this yeah. year of movement, it is, you know, so I guess, you know, it's like you have to make with it what you can. I mean, I'm not that high level of an athlete. For me, I'm like, you know, I can't, I love figure skating and I love doing gymnastics myself. And like, obviously we're not doing that now. So like I found this like fake ice that's like poly ice that like I blistered the shit out of my hands, like setting up uh in my garage so i can like fake ice skate in the garage and then i ordered like a tumble track like an inflatable tumble thing to put in the yard so i can like still tumble so it's like obviously like the fact that i have like resources to be able to order that online is really fierce so if i'm sure all of these athletes right now are figuring out like how do i train at home like i follow Lori hernandez on instagram she was like running beam routines in her hallway like on a yoga mat like you know i think that wow. these athletes are just trying to figure out I follow this other gymnast who I'm obsessed with, who's a 2008 silver Olympic medalist. She was also a three-time world champion, Chelsea Memo. And she owns her <laughs> own gymnastic studio because, like, she's, like, a teacher, you know, and teaches, like, coach. She's, like, a coach. And so I think she, she's still been training there because she, like, owns it, but it's closed to, like, students. But I swear to God, I think she's, like, mounting a comeback. She's never looked better. She's, like, I think she's, like, 30. So, like, coming back in gymnastics would be, like, insane, but she's literally never been stronger. She's so fucking amazing. I'm so obsessed. Follow her. Female on Instagram. Oh my God, I'm obsessed. I really hope she comes back. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, but I think that for so many people that like, you know, cause I mean, you really, for so many sports, like you rely on the equipment to be able to train. So I think so many people are, you know, those athletes are figuring out like, how do I train now? Like they're, they're having to figure that out for themselves. So I guess from like a Zen point of be like, honey yoga and all of those athletes probably needed more yoga anyway because it's like a great cross training to like help like equal out your body if you're always twisting the same way and like training the same skills to like doing the yoga honey it's very balanced it's very symmetrical very grounding it'll help you like accept what you can't change honey so maybe the yoga or just like fucking rage it out because honestly i would still be really pissed if i was a olympic athlete like i would still yeah. be in my like grief process like throwing shit at the wall like, i think i'd be really fucking pissed not Do you think passing. that the level that people are at right now with with gymnastics and other sports like that, you know, this <clears throat> this really high level that everybody uh, trains at and performs at will allow people to keep doing their sport longer or not as long? Well, I think it's from the figure skating perspective, we're definitely seeing that it's shortening the careers of people like men and women just because it's so much more intense so injuries happen you know more often um like to be a two-time defending olympic champion or even two-time olympian i think is you know harder and harder so i definitely think that it is probably you know on the whole shortening careers generally like at that elite level i mean i because i was um I was in a ballet company when I was in junior high and high school. And just for those years, it was only for five years. Uh, but just that amount of time, you know, wearing point shoes completely screwed my feet up, you know. So I can only imagine what something like gymnastics or figure I started skating growing would some, do. I started growing some major bunions on my feet since I started skating. But I'm kind of just like so grateful that I 
get the opportunity to grow a bunion on my foot from skating. And I'm like, bunion me up, sister. I'll just wear fucking slippers when I'm having sex or something. Because um, it is unsightly. That big toe bunion, honey. I mean, she's really approaching a right angle status. But it has kind of started to go back to normal since I haven't been able to skate for eight weeks. Well, maybe um, it, you could also you can get them removed. Well, yeah, just not cramming them into those tight skates, but figure skates are so tight around your foot because you really don't want any wiggle room in there, which is something I never knew about until I started skating. So, mm, so let me let me go back a second. There's a there's a poly ice product that you can get yeah. to put down in your garage that you can skate on with ice skates. Yeah, it's called Polyglide, and it. I at first like I was like I don't think this stuff works, but then I saw people like doing it online, and I was like, and I was like I'm not gonna do it, and then I was like oh fuck I really miss putting on skates. I need to just try it, and so it does feel a little different. Obviously, it's not ice; it's like plastic. Um, but yeah, it's really cool. And you just slam it together like a jigsaw puzzle. And, and if you're a hockey player, you can practice on it. If you're a skater, you can practice on it. It's It was cool. Do you need a local uh, Zamboni driver to come by like once a month? That is actually the only thing that I'm like, <laughs> TBH a little tiny bit worried about is I'm like, I don't, I don't, because I don't want to like create a bunch of plastic waste in the world. So I hope that it like, again, it does have like, I've noticed there's like shavings. So I don't know like how, I don't know if you can like, fucking like blowtorch that thing and like re-smooth it back out like i don't right. know what a plastic zamboni looks like or maybe you can just scratch the fuck out of it and it doesn't matter who knows i don't know why i'm cussing so much but i am uh. <laughs> <laughs> we fucking love it oh great. Um, you're in the so right place this is a slight uh slightly slight callback to what we were talking about before but um we've been watching american idol that's right and mm-hmm. okay they're down to the top 20 that's where we're at right now anyway top 20 and you you know you remember when american idol Idol started there were like 20 there were 19 people who basically really couldn't sing at all and then there was kelly clarkson so it was like a free oh there was kind of more or less i mean more or less i mean there was a pretty there weren't uh, that many really I'm, good people. I'm, I'm just. But I'm gonna. Now, I'm gonna step up for my boy Justin Guarini real uh, uh, quick. Yeah, I think Sorry, Justin, Justin was a good singer. He was as cute as he could be with his curly hair. He Come was on. all right. But but we uh, we take your point. Okay, but what I'm trying to say is that now there are 20 kids. They're like teen teenagers. They're like. Oh, I don't know. The youngest is maybe, well, 16. 16. There's a couple 16. There's a few 16-year-olds, 17, mm. 18, uh, who all seem like they've won 19 Grammys. I mean, it is insane. Every single oh, one that. of them are singing their fucking faces off. It is nuts. And I don't know when, in 20 years, because it started 20 years ago, it's unbelievable how much better and it and not only are they singing and i mean they sound like a record when they sing they don't make any mistakes there's no pitch issues and not only that but they all almost all many half of them play a musical instrument really really well or two some some play keyboard and guitar um and write their own music and it's really good oh that i bet um, I mean, no offense to musicians who like, you know, uh, sing really well and don't play instruments, but I bet that playing multiple instruments would make you sing better because you would understand like musicality and like where the notes are supposed to live, like on an instrument and how that translates to your voice and stuff. I feel like it would like, I feel like that would probably help if you were a musician to like know how to play instruments. Like, I bet that mm-hmm. helps them sing better. Yeah, I or think not. so. I but I mean, know. I don't know I can't how, sing. I don't know how they've, you know, just. On their own. These are just kids. They're not in the business. Well, maybe they're Suzuki little babies. Like, maybe they, like, started practicing the violin and the flute and stuff, like, with a Suzuki teacher when they were, like, two. So maybe they just been, like, listening to pitch stuff since they were, like, little, tiny little babies. Well, yeah, and I feel like the internet has a lot to do with all of this because Mm. these kids are growing up online and they can watch videos of whatever they want. Like, you know, you can learn to play guitar or play piano yeah, from yeah. YouTube. And any anything. Like, I mean, when I started making, I make furniture uh, is one of my jobs. And, and my bread and butter is like a slab, Nakashima-style slab dining room table. And, and when I started making those, it was, 
it was a much more obscure reach. Like I had to do, I had to go to the library. I mean, you know, and, and, and I had to find the information nowadays. If you, you, you can YouTube anything. Like if you YouTube knife makers or blacksmiths, suddenly they're everywhere because people can learn these skills and acquire the tools and materials they need from the internet. And so you just anybody in, in the most remote area can learn how to make like incredible versions of anything. Um, and I, so I think in that way, our society, whether it's figure skating or singing or knife making, we're, we're being enlarged by yeah. that spread of but, information. But I, and I don't know what's driving people <clears throat> to uh, perfect their skills to such a degree at such a young age, because it didn't used to be like that. I mean, if there was a money, honey, you could really sing. It was a what? Money, <laughs> money, honey. like, well, because it's like knowledge is power, right? And it's like really mm-hmm. what this content is. It's teaching people how to when you can share this content around the world like this, it gives you knowledge, and with knowledge comes more power. And when you see, you know, what your what the house that someone's in or what the, someone's driving, so it's like it's like, well, if I can sing really well and if I can win that competition, honey, look at Kelly Clarkson now has her own talk show. She's like, I still remember to this day, the first true life I ever saw of Kelly Clarkson's on MTV. And remember that like true life MTV show. Yes. And Kelly Clarkson had just won American Idol and her first album came out. And I remember like they would say a quote and then the screen would kind of go like black and white over a picture. And then they would do the quote in like words as the person would say it, you know, over the screen. And I remember she was like in this shop and she said like, I remember winning American Idol and saying, like, I don't have to worry about money anymore. And I remember that being in, like, seventh grade. And it's like, you know, you've got to talk to your parents about money. And, like, you know, money was such a big issue. Like, how am I going to go to college? How am I going to support myself when I get older? Like, how's it going to happen? I remember, like, you look at Kelly Clarkson and you're like, well, she wins American Idol. And if she's going to do all that, like, she's never has to worry about money again. That's what I'm going to do. That's what drives people to it. It's like, there's such a fear around like success and, and making a, a way for yourself from the time you're brought into the world and hear about how will I afford college? How will I get accepted? How am I going to make a life? And I think more and more not to be, you know, dreary, but it's true that that path is more and more unclear and shiftier and harder for people. And so on the one hand, the information is amazing that people have access to it to enrich their lives and make themselves better at it. But for all the people that caught up or they get caught up in the whole comparison and like, well, they're doing this and they're doing that. Like, well, I can never do this. It's really a double-edged sword because it can either really lift you up or it can really beat you down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And, and, and the thing that's cool about these, these kids is for the most part, they seem like, <clears throat> they're really serious about music that they're not just doing it to be famous, which is the bad side of all of that stuff. They seem like they have, you know, I mean, I, it's hard to really tell from what you see on a show like that, but it, it does kind of feel like a lot of them have some integrity, which is pretty cool and aren't completely starry eyed. Like they're, they're at such a level of sophistication with their music already that it's kind of crazy. And, you know, there's a real seriousness that goes into acquiring that kind of skill. You know, it it can't just be that like, okay, I'm just going to get good enough at this to become famous. You know, it's like a real calling or a real, um, like, well, I don't know why both things can't exist at the same time. Like, why can't someone want to become, and it's not necessarily even famous, but it's like, if you want to become a music teacher or a mentor or whatever, it's like, you have oh, to be yeah. like really good at yeah. it to, to, yeah, no, that's, to make a that's, living. Yeah, that's different though. I'm just talking about people who um, think that being famous somehow solves some kind of problem or something, you know, solves yeah. all your problems or makes, I don't Cause I, I don't think, um, I think uh, being able to do what, be, having more doors open to you and that kind of thing is is incredible. But, you know, in terms of just the 100%, um, just the fame part, it's it's not very rewarding, really. Mm. Um, I just want to point out that you're in a closet. Yeah, and fully why in did a closet. Choo- why did you choose the closet? Because I mean, like a, a really echoey 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 house it's like a it's like a little cute i'm closing this door it's like a cute little baby um house and 
that I'm like so grateful to be able to get. Um, but it's super echoey and like you can really because it's like you know tile. It's like a lake house, so it's real cabiny. So this is the only room with like cabin or with like carpet and something to like absorb it. Nice. Um. <laughs> And also, we we established earlier on that you and I have the ha- same hairstyle, which, which I'm so happy about. Cute, I know. Me too. Are you kidding? <sighs> and yours is kind of like wavy and curly right now, which is very cute. I have that, you know, wavy texture, and this uh, this Texas humidity, honey, is really bringing it out of me. I th- I feel like I'm. I see you. I re- I think of you more with you know the blow the blowout. Yeah, I've been. Um, it's weird. I always thought that my, cause I'm a, I was a hairdresser for like 13 years and I always had a lot of, um, clients that would be like, you know, models or people who just like blow out their hair a lot for like TV or whatever. I worked in LA for a long time. And so when they would get breakage, I would always be like, oh my gosh, like, you know, there, you must be doing something wrong or like the hairstylist must be doing something wrong. Cause you really shouldn't be having breakage. And then when I started doing queer eye and started blow drying my hair every day, I all of a sudden got like all this breakage around my hairline. And now I'm like, for like a couple of years, I've been on this, like, let me wear my hair curly kit. Cause it really like, cause like I used to blow dry my hair like once a month, like just if I felt like it, you know, you hairdressers, I think a lot of times, at least I was a type of hairdresser that was notoriously disheveled. Cause I was so busy getting everyone else ready. Like mm-hmm. I always looked road hard and put away soaking wet, like always. Um, so yeah. Uh, now I'm trying to do a lot more air dry cause my hair needs a break. Okay, so I have <clears throat> what is probably the most serious and important question of the podcast for you right now, which is um, I am going to cut Nick's hair this week, and I need you to tell me what to do. What tools do you have? Well, we have – what do we have? We've got uh, scissors, um, uh, a yep. random orbit sander. I think it's a DeWalt with uh, AD grit. And 120 grit. Um, <laughs> we have a pe- we have a peanut, a little uh, okay. trimmer with the attachments. It I has mean, all the attachments. Yeah. Okay. And then one through so one through peanut. four. Okay. And then uh, like a one, like an O one, an O two, an O three, or is that like quarter, half, three quarter, one? No, it's one through four. Can you? It's, can someone get it? Can I see it? I need to see yeah, it. Yeah, hang on. I need to see the yeah. guards. <laughs> yeah, while he's doing that, I wanted to ask you, like you seemed hesitant when we were talking about fame. Well, what are your feelings about it? Well, not like hesitant. I just didn't want to seem like I was being a judgmental dick to 16-year-olds, but because I haven't seen the season, you know? So <laughs> I guess I was just saying that like, to me, like I, it does take, I, I just was wondering that like, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to become successful and I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to become famous and I just think that you can have a desire to be well known and to share because I don't I don't because like when I was you know working so hard doing and I still do work extremely hard but like when I was doing Gay of Thrones pre-queer eye and really wanted to like make it you know and like I I wanted to be really good at entertaining people and I wanted to be funny and I wanted to be a great hairdresser, but I, I wanted to share that with people, but I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to become, you know, really good at your job, really good at your craft and share it with loads of people. I mean, and part of why I wanted to share it and become well-known is because I wanted to like, you know, wield the power of my platform with like shedding stigma around all the things that I'm working on shedding stigma around. So it's like, I just think it's okay to want to be, like you know quote famous and also be really good at what you want to do i just think both can exist at the same time yeah and I, okay i 100 percent agree with everything you just said and i felt the same way that i and, and i think that it is nice to be able to make people laugh or provide an entertainment or uh, to them in some way that's going to be beneficial whether it's in a funny way or a not funny way or to provide um information and that that's all fantastic i just i feel like there's some connotation to being the word famous there's a there's a connotation that goes along with it that implies something kind of skanky you know that yeah you know you you just want people to love you because you have a big ego and you don't give a shit about them but you just want you know i i know there's something no for sure no for sure i 
Yes. I mean, I still feel really uncomfortable talking about myself as like famous or like referring to myself as like a celebrity or, or like any of that still makes me feel uncomfortable because of that negative connotation. Um, and that's like, that's been such a fear for me. Like just, I talk a lot about that in my standup and I find myself writing a lot of comedy about like, and just writing generally about not wanting to lose myself in the sense of like what got me to where I am. Cause really that was that I'm kind of a forever student, like what you were saying and that I work, I really like to work hard. Um, I like to create and I like to learn and I didn't want to lose that or feel like entitled to something because I got somewhere. And I think that's such a struggle, you know, cause when you have people around like being like, I love you, I, you're this, you're that, you're whatever. It's like, you don't, I never want to believe it too, too much. Like I mean, obviously you want to have like a strong sense of, you know, self-confidence, but you don't, I mean, you can always tell when someone's blowing smoke up your ass, or at least I think I can. Yeah. Um, which I don't think is like what I, most of the time I don't feel like that about people who approach me, like from a fan perspective, I really feel like such a connection to people who come up to me and they're like, you know, whether it was something that I wrote or shared or said that, you know, really helped them that I feel like is that is not smoke. That is really is so meaningful to me. I more mean smoke. Like, you know, when you're like in a, like a business meeting with someone and they're like, you're so this or so that and you're like, I'm just a person. I know I'm not the funniest comedian. I know I'm not like the best writer, but I don't need you to, convince me that you think that I'm like so brilliant like I don't have that sense of like you need to blow smoke up my ass like you're st- I'm still me so I know what you're saying there is that yeah. weird connotation and I and I feel like you are very much you're very uh you know what you see is what you get like I, I feel like there's not not a lot of there's no artifice to who to how you you know present yourself and that helps. That helps with all that stuff. And I feel like Nick and I are pretty much like that. Like we just kind of are who we are and we don't have a different persona really. I mean, everybody does to a small degree, I think, you know, you yeah, kind of have to. In, in life, we all wear our masks. Yeah. Sorry yeah. to get but that Aristotelian helps. on Well, you. I'm glad no, we got I into like that, it. but I think that Nick's haircut is much more important. Yeah, it is really philosophizing important. Philosophizing So, you know, it's a, it's a peanut, it's a little... And that's your guard. That's just the travel guard. Did so you, show me your you, four attachments. Oh. Yeah. yeah so I just didn't here... want to see the four attachments. Oh, okay. So here's the thing. Those are great, but <laughs> you might want to do ones that are a little bit smaller because those are like big jumps, right? Mm-hmm. Like, right. so if you have like a one, a two, and a three, and a four, like you need like a half, like you need like a zero... Well, actually, the zero is just the guard, just nothing. But you need like a half, even like a quarter and a half and a three quarter and the one. And then you need like a one and a quarter and a one and a half to make it detailed, like so that it flows. Because if you just go from like a one to a two, it's going to be looking like all steppy. Um, But also, I would just say this. Nick's had a great head of hair. And even if it does grow a little bit, it won't be ugh. I would suggest only really approaching this like his temple right like right here like the sideburn like you can kind of soften up your sideburn so like you can take the teeth face down where you want your sideburn where you want the sideburn to start so if you're happy with how far it goes down um you know it's okay i would take it up just like a smidge you know like take that chop up a little bit then with the teeth facing up you start with the clipper on the base and you just make like little C shapings to kind of transition it from like skin to hair. So it's not just like a, you know, rectangle of hair sticking below his ear, you know, so it kind of fades up a little. So you could do How that. Did, with, like, what did you say? C shapings? Like little C shapings with the, uh-huh. like with the clippers, mm-hmm. like little, make little mm-hmm. C shapings with, okay. you hold it in your hand and you make little C shapings. It's like very little C shapings. Yeah, I um, gotcha. But I would just approach like, and then, like, his back hairline, like, his neck, you know, like, that hair that just lives, like, clearly below the neckline, you know, that's just, like, that furry, there's just, like, two columns of it. Mm-hmm. Everyone's just, like, a little different. Take that hair off with, like, with no guard, or you can even shave it off with a razor. But I would just suggest, like, that's, like, what a cleanup is. Like, just do his temples and do, like, the neckline. But if you get into doing, like, his entire haircut, it might be okay the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. And long-term, you might save, like, a bunch of money, which is cute if you got really good at it. But it also could really look like fucking shit for a long time. Because, like, fucking up a haircut 
it's like it's definitely going to take three weeks, four weeks, five weeks for it to start to look normal. And then if it's if you really mess it up because you don't know how to do it, like you're, it's not going to be that much better the second time. So you really are just risking like several kooky haircuts. Um, when yeah, maybe he doesn't it would have been cuter. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Then just he doesn't go for care. It. He has no vanity. But uh, I feel like we should order a different set of clippers. You just need what, more guards. What? You need more guards. I would do like a wall, or I like I like the peanuts too. But I like the peanuts for detailing. Like I like those for mm-hmm. like the edges. If you want to do like a head, like a whole haircut, you need like you know big clippers, and then those are like the peanuts are more like T edgers. So you want like clippers, and then you want like T edgers. Then I would also online, I would also order um, a pair of haircutting shears and a pair of thinning shears. So if there's like, if there's like a hardcore like step or like mismatch or like something that you don't know how to blend together, that's just looking crazy. Like the thinning shears can help soften like a weird thing. Like this, the scissors with the teeth in them, you know, the, I don't know if you ever seen uh-huh. your hairdresser use the one with the teeth. So mm-hmm. a thinning shear, then a haircutting shear is what I would say you really need. Okay. Um, and what brand of uh, clippers do you recommend? I like Wall. I like Andy's. I like... Um, what did you say, Wall? Wall, W-A-H-L. W-A-H-L, yeah. And then also I really like um, A-N-D-I-S, Andy's. And then I also really like the peanut brand is great. Um, what else? I mean, really a lot of them are great. They really are all pretty great you just the thing with clippers is like they don't like to be dropped and you need to like take care of them so like you know get all the hair out of the little buzzers when you're like don't put it back in your drawer like full of shit all up in there because there's like a motor down there and it doesn't like to have like clippings shoved in it like you you know you want to hit it with a drop a drop of oil uh i I know that they do like that and i know that you should i honestly never did that i just wiped it off with my antimicrobial wipes you know, and then like disinfected it and then we get the hair out of it. I'm sure if I oiled it, it would have lasted longer, but yeah. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are influencers on the internet, which means Tubi is more popular than sponsored posts for digestive enzymes and high coverage foundation. More popular than soft launching your boyfriend more popular than making boomers explode with rage when you tell them how much you make on a single post. Tubi, it's more popular than influencers. See you in there. What other tips? Um, now that now that we're here in our house all the time, um, I, from time to time, trap Nick in a corner and put like moisturizer on his face. But uh-huh. that's about all I can get away with. But he's getting a little better. When we first started, when we were first together, uh, he made some snide remark one time about me having a science lab going on on my side of the bathroom. Um, but now well, he's a little more—he's a little more scientific now than he used to be. Yeah, and skincare is a science. I would say for men, especially in. Um, you know, now in quarantine, if you're taking that hour to go outside and get, you know, your fresh air and your fresh, you know, sunshine, especially if you live in Southern California, the sun is so incredibly strong in California. It's really so incredibly strong everywhere. It gets stronger and stronger. So finding a mineral-based sunscreen that is good good for our water systems and easy on the environment um, is really important. And getting a mineral sunscreen, because mineral sunscreens are classically just chalkier and harder to absorb. Um, they're classically less friendly if you are someone who mixes your, if, if you're someone who applies your sunscreen over your makeup, uh, mineral sunscreens are historically less forgiving. Um, but there is, there people have different favorites, but Biosans just came out with the mineral sunscreen that I'm obsessed with. They're like squalene um, plus mineral sheer sunscreen. So it's reef safe, water safe, mineral based. Um, it absorbs so quickly and easily, but if you're someone, even if you're going outside for that hour, it's, and then once we're allowed to go outside for more, obviously really protecting your skin from the sun is the most important thing you can do for sun care and for skincare and for your overall health. Um, that 
that is really the most important thing. So getting, you know, your loved ones into a, a sunscreen ritual that works for them and isn't annoying and that they can just do every Cause like I put that sunscreen on my face every morning. And even if I don't leave my house, it is the squalane is so nice and it doesn't feel like a classic, like thick sunscreen. I go through a lot of it. Cause I also put it all over my forearms. Um, it's just like my morning thing. Anything that sees the sun, I put it on, uh, so wait, you yeah. said biosuns and then you said squale. Are those two different things? Squalene? Squalene plus mineral. It's like it's like squalene plus mineral sunscreen. It's it's their main sunscreen. How do you spell squalene for the listener? S-Q-U-A-L-A-N-E. Okay. Uh, all right. And those are two different biosuns and squalene. Squalene are two no, different no, things. No, no, no. No, is the company that makes it. Oh, okay. Biosense cool. is just the company. Yeah. Got it. Um, Got it. And then the other thing I would suggest that just came to my mind is that for anyone who has, that gets hair color, especially if you're like, um, like have a bright color or like a color that's um, like not your natural one and like extending the life of your color has always been an issue. And you're like, oh my God, I haven't seen my fucking colors for like six weeks. And like it is fading a lot or whatever. Staying more on like cold showers helps like not just soaking your head in like steaming hot showers helps because anytime you're like really putting your hair in like hot, hot water, it's going to release color if you do have colored hair. Mm -hmm. Um, So trying to do more cold water on your hair, you can still take a hot shower, but just the washing hair part, try to do cold Um, and also try to like not wash it as much. That also really helps extend the life of your color and also helps your ends not get shitty so fast. Just like wash it less is mm-hmm. is generally good, especially if you're not leaving your house. Unless you did leave your house to go to the grocery store, then you do need to fucking take a shower and wash your hair, like, as soon as you get home. I um I cut my own hair about two weeks ago. I, did a, I mean, I have the easiest haircut in the world because it's just straight across the bottom. It's kind of a hard haircut, actually. I, People I fuck that haircut up a, all the time. And did you did a really good, good job. job. I had one little piece it in the back that was too long, and Nick cut it off. For yeah, me. it was a collaborative right effort. Right in the middle, right in the middle. Oh, it's the hard back. to get there. there. It's so hard to get there. Piece. Yeah. Now, if he if he goes back to touch it up, make sure that you have him touch it up with your head looking down, like stand up straight, but then ain't, like look to the ground, and then mm. have him do it again with you putting your head up, both Ew. angles. Make sure that that chunk isn't there. Cute. I love that. <laughs> um. So back to sun damage uh wait i'm just i'm I'm literally writing these tips down um back to sun damage so i've always been really paranoid about it because my father had skin cancer so i just never really go out in the sun i don't i don't like it i mean i like it that's also why your that's also the why your fucking face hasn't changed since 2003 bitch looking fucking gorgeous (laughs) looking 12 Thank no seriously, you. I mean, I, make sure. No seriously, not taking sun. If you're into like, you know, I, I'm I'm one of those people that thinks like aging is like a privilege, and like I hope to look like the crib keeper when I'm able to. Like I like I really want to just like I'm so excited, and I hope I stay around forever. But um, yeah, if, if if not aging and retaining your look is important to you, not taking sun is like the most important thing. And your fucking face is such a testament. Look at you. You literally have not fucking changed for so fucking long. Thank you. That's so nice. I I feel like uh, people ask me sometimes, and I always say, you know, I've never been out in the sun. Um, I, there a, are a lot a of thing, things, though, because, yeah, and I mean, there are a lot of things because I don't drink, I don't smoke, I, oh, I don't have kids. <laughs> okay, also, can I say this one other thing, not to get off subject, but it's kind of on subject, but I really think it makes a gigantic difference, and I, and I do it, and I'm kind of obsessed with it. Okay, so I'm going to tell you now, so I'm not really asking. Do you want to hear? Is it okay? Yes, please. Okay. My girlfriend had a breast reduction this one time, and she had to sleep on her back because, like, she couldn't sleep on her side while they were, like, while she was recovering. And she also was someone who, like, used to do, like, no shade for filler, like, filler up your life, like, give me the Juvederm, do it all, it's, like, fine. But she just used to do a lot more of it. And then when she had, had her breast reduction, she started sleeping on her back because she like had to like, you know, encased in like two body pillows, like shaped in a U because she like couldn't turn over while she was healing. And after she came back, um, after I saw her again, I was like, girl, like, did you switch doctors or something? Because your face is looking fucking incredible. Like, what did you like? Is there some new 
filler or something. She was like, no, bitch, I haven't been anywhere for the longest. And so it was like, okay. And then like two weeks later, I saw her. I was like, what the fuck? You look so good. What is going on? And she's like, okay, I haven't done anything. I don't know what you're talking about. Cause you know, it is in LA. Like everyone's always doing something. It was sleeping on her back. Just like not sleeping on her face with her like face crunched into a pillow. Because when you think about it, that's like eight to 10 hours a night. If you're like one of those people that's all up on your side, like shoving your face into a pillow and like going back and forth from side to side, like all up on your face. And then you think of the gravity, just like pulling your face back every night for eight hours as opposed to like pulling it forward. Well, okay. This is going to sound crazy. Okay. This is going to sound crazy, but I somehow always... I mean, I just, that's just common sense that if you're sleeping on your side and you're mushing, you're mushing your face, then it's going to stay like that. Well, no, no, no. Okay. (laughs) I mean, I don't mean that. You're very smart and very intuitive. Um, I'm just saying that for some reason that dawned on me a long time ago before I heard about that because I have heard that said a little bit, you know, from a couple of people over the years. She's the person who told me. Well, no, but so what I did was... um, I mean, for for many years, I mean, gosh, I don't even know, probably since I was about 30, when I, I start off on my back, but then when if I turn on my side, I always like smooth my face up so that I'm pulling my face away from my nose, you know, like toward my ear more. And I've always done that. And I think it does make a difference. That makes so much sense to me. Yeah, I've never talked. I've never said that out loud to anybody. This is the first time I even said that out loud. Because that was it just, just so seems... not intuitive to me ever. I also like my grandma. Like she isn't around anymore, but she like never did anything. And I don't know if it's because I'm biased because I was like obsessed with her because she was just like really smart and kind of a bitch and she didn't take no shit from nobody. But she like loved me a lot, so I was like obsessed with her. Um, <laughs> but I just felt like she got prettier and prettier and prettier and prettier. Like even on her deathbed, I was like, "Bitch, you are looking." gorgeous like she just knew how to like pull together a blow dry for a week and put on some pearls and she always looked great (laughs) um so i was just like someone that was like and also i've met so many clients over the years that just became obsessed with chasing their faces like doing a little bit of this and then doing a little bit of that and then it does this so they got to do this and they're just like so i was like i just was always scared to like i just didn't Mm want to open that can of worms yeah it it becomes like a vicious cycle right yeah yes and so then like, but the, just experiencing the thing that I just told you about with my friend who had the breast structure, I was like, that was the first time where it like ever really crossed my mind because I never really cared. But then I was like, oh, holy shit. It's such a thing. That's cool. Well, I, and I, you know, for me, I, my mom um, uh, lived to be 97 and she looked really oh. pretty. <laughs> she didn't really have many wrinkles on her face. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it, you know, there was, a, she was definitely 97, you know, there's no avoiding it, but she looked really good. Um, all things considered. And I feel like pool. so part of it is, is genetic, but I, but I, I guess I do because I have a lot of, you know, I, I have a lot of friends my age and I do feel like there's like less, I, I'm definitely aging, but I have less um, actual just big wrinkles for whatever reason. And that I think well, that's it's the sun thing, not it's no the sun. sun. Yeah. No, it's because the sun, like it depletes it, like the sun damage, like depletes your skin's ability to make collagen and to make like, it just, it makes it, it accelerates it faster. Like the free radicals that the sun damage causes, like accelerates, like, your body's use of things that don't replicate over time. Mm. You know, like there's like a finite amount of give to the skin over time. So that's, yeah, it's good. It's smart. Yeah. Well, um, Nick is starting to wear sunscreen every day now because he does have sun damage. Uh, uh, he has it on his neck, but a little bit on his forehead too. Let's keep it positive. But you're gorgeous. <laughs> you're gorgeous, honey. He is gorgeous. Absolutely stunning. Take your top off and we'll see if you have any sun damage on your torso. And we'll just make sure. Do it. I don't think I have any. I Do just it. checked. I mean, I would. I would love to. But Everybody I just listening to, to the podcast I'm wants sorry. to hear you <laughs> with... I'm Nick, sorry. people I'm... listening to the podcast want to hear you without your shirt on. Okay. And we do want right. to see you shirtless more. It's just gorgeous. Like, I think you just want to see like, you're like this like furniture fucking wow. builder, like fucking gorgeous man. You know, I just love I a shirtless know. person. I have I to say, this it. is the first time that I think Nick is getting a little. He must have a crush on you. He's getting a little shy because this is the first time I've ever known him to refuse an offer to take his shirt off. That's not true. I, oh! I, 
I feel cheated. <laughs> it's uh, you should feel flattered. I, I think um, no, I'm I'm very grateful for your compliments. <laughs> um, but I, it's not something I get asked very often, if ever. Oh gosh, he usually takes it off when you don't, when you're not least expecting it. We it. used to have. I can't we used, help that. We used to have um, like when we'd have like a, a couple over for dinner to our house, like people that we really didn't know very well. It was like our first kind of double date with them. One time I remember, um, you know, he, he's giving the tour, you know, giving the tour of the house and either, okay, so a couple of times he did the thing where we get to the bedroom and he like, he took his shirt off and starts, <laughs> starts and I, I unzipping flipped, his flip, pants. Flip the lights off. Flip the lights off. And then one time he did it, we got to the master bathroom or, you know, the bathroom off of our bedroom and he took his shirt off turned the lights off took his shirt off and then turned on the shower and got in the shower <laughs> these poor people are like freaking out on a tour yeah it's i mean it's just, just with it's, people over for the first time it's good you know, clean a, fun like giving another them a, couple a house tour I feel like I've been like late for something before, like when I'm like having people over for dinner. I'm like, oh my god, I gotta like run upstairs and take a shower, but I don't do it like in front of them. But touche, but honey. He, I love that you he's did that. trying to. He's just doing it as he's doing a bit. He's just trying to make people laugh, but he he he'll really commit to to a bit. And then one time we were at a restaurant. We were in Mexico, which is weird because, like I said, I never go out in the sun. So why we were in Mexico, I'm not really sure. But uh-huh. we were at dinner somewhere, and um, he we saw some people that we know which was weird at another table and we were at a fancy hotel at a fancy restaurant it wasn't even the hotel we were staying at it was a different hotel fancier than our hotel and he took his shirt off in the middle of this fancy hotel and just like casually walked by the table of the people we know until he they recognized him so in other words he's he's naughty he's sewing civil unrest well i I mean i'll just add that in each instance uh, a hearty laugh ensued yeah no it's all for as a result of my pageantry but you know what it was in all of those instances you volunteered yourself shirtless which is not what happened here so i understand so touche and i love that oh yeah i guess it has to be on Uh, his terms maybe hmm interesting yeah it does have to be on your terms i love that yeah yeah (laughs) Well, it is, it is his torso. So I, I am my own exhibitionist. <laughs> you guys, this has been In Bed with Nick and Megan is an ear production. It's produced by Megan Mullally, Kevin Bartelt, and Michael Landry. Executive produced by Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon. Music by Nancy and Beth, which can be found at www.nancyandbeth.com. If you enjoyed In Bed with Nick and Megan, make sure to rate it and review the show on Apple Podcasts.